0: The Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo academic roundtable pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts wayne and monica how's it going guys uh, i'm
1: living <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're living you're living well i follow you on yeah. instagram yeah I don't, where uh, have you been the last couple of weeks
1: i was like physically living well emotionally <laughs> up for <dinner>. oh, well.
2: <laughs> okay okay that, that's fair that's fair <laughs> the, the yeah. physical can compensate for some of that
1: yeah yeah i did escape I into the, the woods and game. throw yes. my phone away for a while and now i'm back <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you look like that was at least refreshing, I hope. <laughs> I <would laughs>
1: say, it if it wasn't for Vox Podcast, I might throw my phone away completely forever.
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you say that. It's like, well, it, I talked to people once in a while, and people were like, oh, I took a, I have friends who would be like, oh, I took a much needed technology free vacation. You should try it. And I'm like, yeah, but like some of my, my best friends are people who only live in like my phone. Just right. i
3: communicate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when uh,
3: I logged uh, off
1: of my phone, I, I not very sarcastically, was like I really look forward to the 230 <laughs> text messages I will have when I come back into the world, yep. and that was a pretty accurate number yeah. as to how many text yeah. messages were waiting for me on yep. my phone.
0: All right, we're, doing this week, Monica?
1: we're talking about a show that I liked because I have to say I have not watched Stranger Things ever, so something else occupied my time while we were doing episodes about Stranger Things. And and that's Miss Marvel. I really want to talk about Miss Marvel because okay. in podcast recording time, we just had a finale in podcast listener time. We also still kind of just had a finale. Yeah. So this episode <laughs> is come out on Monday. Yeah. So we could go for the a,
0: Yeah, so we're just for listeners.
1: So there yes. will be spoilers.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. What spoiling, I'm saying. spoiling the fuck out of Miss Marvel throughout the rest of the episode insert the sound here. Spoilers. <laughs> spoiler yeah. yeah. What if we all
1: um, just did it?
0: Three <laughs> part in harmony. Yes. Um, but yes, I definitely enjoyed the show. Wayne, you've caught up with the show and enjoyed it. Yep. Yep. I liked it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if Hannah's done yet. I think she is, but she was busy today. And Katya watches TV on Katya time very much. <laughs> like you can't count on her. And this is not an attack for her. I, I admire the freedom. She does not consider herself a slave to like scheduling or Twitter spoilers or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure she's not gotten through it yet. But anyway, you got us a guest that I'm pretty excited about for this episode. I'm
1: really excited about for this episode. This is not just somebody who has watched Ms. Marvel, but somebody that I feel like is maybe the most qualified to talk about Ms. Marvel. <laughs> I brought my friend Sophia. Welcome. <laughs> Hi.
4: Thank hey. you.
2: Hey. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank
4: you. I'm happy to be you, here.
2: So why are you the most qualified here to talk about Ms. Marvel? She has stretchy powers. Didn't you know? Oh, oh, did okay. you not? Be okay. <laughs> I, 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 I missed that in the middle the 283
4: text. <laughs> and I know I of, Actually, no, I write about Ms. Marvel. I'm a scholar of Muslim superheroes. So about six months ago, I graduated and I completed my dissertation on Muslim superheroes and Muslim audiences. And I did an audience study and a critical cultural study of three Muslim superheroes, which is Ms. Marvel mm-hmm. and Monet Sinclair and mm-hmm. um, Sarai Surai Kadir Dust. But I've also to written and presented and published on other Muslim superheroes as well, and I thought I should like this. I'm also to I think I'm a cultural critic because I've published quite a few articles as well too on on superheroes and Muslim superheroes in particular. I just finished publishing another article on Ms. Marvel.
0: Very cool, and yeah. we had you on my other podcast
4: how long was pandemic that oh, gosh, time has really no meaning while. I think it was oh calling yes. really, wow yes
0: yeah I don't remember okay. how long ago because like pandemic time has no meaning but we had you on to yes. talk about talk about muscle superheroes there too yeah and also just I, we're friends on Facebook so I've mm-hmm. um, I've gotten to see you like sort of live tweeting your enjoyment Whack, of the show <laughs> at
4: midnight <laughs> it's more <like> weird <laughs> ramblings at midnight after every episode I'm so glad so many people actually <laughs> have told me that they've read them so
0: yes the, it was very fun because there's a lot of, like in the world of streaming, we've kind of lost the water cooler conversation. Wayne and I are both old enough to remember when Jr. got shot, and for those <laughs> <most of> I'm <it. laughs>
4: I'm your age too, so I remember yeah. a lot of these things.
0: When 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 Jr. was shot, that's all anybody talked about the next day, and like yeah. for the next week. And there used to be this thing where you had water cooler shows, and everybody was a Dallas fan. So like when when Jr. gets mm-hmm. shot, when the last episode of Mash, when even later, is. like the last episode of Seinfeld, there were. Yeah things even, where to a certain, like
2: even with the right? internet that happened with lost to a certain oh, extent yeah
0: yes everybody wants to talk about lost the next day and then the streaming thing happens and you sort of do things at your <laughs> own leisure there's some of it we all wanted to do stranger things for an episode so like monica said we all watched it that weekend and then we just sort of we sort of caught up but it's not the same as when people are like just talking about it. i mean ms marvel wasn't at a specific time it was at 3 a.m but i don't think most people waited up till That's 3 a.m i did but like you watched it. I mean, I guess you went to work and then watched it when you got home. So you because so you would tweet about it or Facebook about it, really. Thanks. I guess. I was, yeah, I was, I was like seeing them around 11 or every well, Thursday.
4: It's more like I would do work during the day and I'm just a late night person. Like I write better at night. I can concentrate better at night. All my good ideas come better at night. And so usually by like nighttime, I would settle down and I would watch the episode, even though everybody was about it on Twitter. And I was so plugged into these conversations on Twitter as well, too. And I would be trying not to watch things for that day. But yeah, I would watch <laughs> it at night. And then like right before I went bed, I would write these big, long ramblings about the episode that I thought nobody was reading. And then other people started to let me know they were reading it. And I kind of was like, I don't even know if people would understand what it is that I'm saying, because I come at this from such a, this is my expertise one. And and I'm also to South Asian as well too. I'm Indo Caribbean, so mm-hmm. so I know things specific to the culture, really obscure little things to the culture. But I didn't know if people were getting it, but some people understood it as well too. So after a while, I realized people are actually reading it, and I got really excited. And then, well, also started commenting as well too on it. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. It was fun. I really enjoyed actually writing this. And now, to tell you the honest truth, I don't know what I'm going to do now that. <laughs> Ms. Marvel is over. I sometimes I just log off of Facebook and I check it and I don't really even care about it. And I don't want to have anything to do with it. But Ms. Marvel got me back more into social media. It got me back into live tweeting. It got me back into posting on Facebook. Now there's this void until the movie comes. <laughs> so, so that's, that's where I'm at.
0: I, and I certainly don't have expertise on Southeast Asian studies, cultural studies mm-hmm. and comics. Yeah, I can do that.
4: <laughs> so, yeah,
0: so, yeah. So, I mean, I thought your posts were great but yeah you did have pretty good thank engagement you. and then we were we definitely wanted to when Monica thank said we wanted you. to do the show we both thought of you immediately so it's uh, that so so thank oh, you for being here thank um, you so i guess it's fair to say you liked the show
4: <laughs> i loved this show i am so glad that we had the show runner that we did bechike ali i think that partition episode should win an emmy but i don't think that it will because well, that. we yeah. should talk about that but yeah maybe yeah i yeah, know it's just that it connected. I mean, the TV series. OK, I'm going to admit first and foremost, I'm not this big Bollywood fan, though I have family members who love Bollywood are so into it. But I do know, obviously, I do have familiarity with South Asian cinema. And definitely there was a lot of connection between the series that sort of blended Western and South Asian cinema, in my opinion. And certainly in the partition episode, there was this like connection between both those types of cinema um and techniques, I guess you could say. but It was also just profound because just a news clip back then when it, the British had left India as well, too, and showing the first Indian prime minister and the first Pakistani prime minister and founder as well, too. Just the introduction, like I th- I could write probably several articles alone on just the introduction, just how it started up with those Mar- Marvel characters coming in, in black and white. And what was really cool about that episode, and it's funny because I just had an interview interview with this South Asian magazine just about this episode. I think a lot of South Asians are really fascinated with it. What I told her was Tamira Chand, which is a famous song from that time. It came out in 1949 and the indo pak partition, I think, happened in 1947. And there was this film, I think in 1949, called Dalagi, I believe it is. And uh, there is a famous song that came out of it called Tamira Chand, which was playing at the start of the episode. And Dalagi is actually based on Wuthering Heights and it's a romantic tragedy like what Wuthering Heights is and so that song Tamira Chand is You Are My Moon and I forget the other two words in it but it's your the chorus is You Are My Moon and I Am Your Moonlight and mm-hmm. there was so much connections to moon and moonlight as well too in that episode like there were clips of the moon Aisha actually met Najma under moonlight as well too there was that Rumi poem that I believe I can't remember if, if moonlight was mentioned in it you saw this throughout the episode as well And I felt like laying that song at the start of the episode just was a foreshadowing because Kamala's great grandparents obviously had a romantic tragedy. It was a doomed love. They were separated in the ending. So it was really an episode about them. And in the backdrop was partition and that was taking place as well. And it mm-hmm. was fascinating because like we saw the the matrilineal tensions that were taking place in that whole series, throughout that whole series. And it really was like, as Bisha Keali had said in One one, one interview, Kamala healed her intergenerational trauma. So I just, I felt like it was just a great feat of cinematography. It was blending Western and Eastern traditions as well, too. It grounded Kamala so heavily in South Asian Muslim representation, especially. I'm really fascinated what scholars will do with this because you no one, no, no writer coming in now to write about Kamala and analyzing Kamala for her. any study can deny that South Asian Muslim part of her because it's so entrenched and so deeply rooted and so canonized in her now. So it was always that there was that representation, but I felt that some of her writers and even cultural critics sort of downplayed the South Asianists and just kind of treated Muslim as something homogenous, even Middle Eastern. I feel like there was an attempt to sort of try to move the narrative away from South Asian Muslim representation to probably more Middle Eastern representation, which didn't really make sense because she's a South Asian Muslim character. There's so much her doing the But now this connecting her to Partition and doing a whole TV series that is about her intergenerational trauma from Partition, which is a very South Asian, Muslim um, and Hindu experience as well, too. But it has it. There's so much connections. If you're a South Asian Muslim, there's so much connections to you being Muslim and that moment in time. I'm actually really interested to see where this goes. And I think this was deliberate on Bisha Keali's part to actually ground her more into South Asian Muslim representation. Like she liked a tweet of mine saying that. Sorry.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it's, it's perfect. I, I think we've talked before. My proudest moment on this show was when, when Danica McKellar liked my tweet about us <laughs> talking about her. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that was creepy, weird. <laughs> anyway, but I think one of the things that I find fascinating about the partition episode in, in general is I I'm not Muslim. I'm not mm-hmm. Southeast Asian. I mean, I have an appreciation for other cultures, but I'm not contrary to yeah. the way I might talk. I'm not an expert in everything. I, I play one on <laughs> no, the internet, but, but but it reminded me personally a lot of the way the TV show Watchmen That's dealt with That's what I the was just bombing. going to yeah.
1: make the comparison because, to, was to yeah. their look at Tulsa. Um, yes,
0: exactly. And we talked about that. I, I think I told the story when, when Watchmen premiered and too much fanfare like far more than I thought People, more people watched the watchman TV show than I thought would ever be possible. I'm like wow people like this really weird thing that I'm obviously into but but it did really well and I remember watching it and then just going on Twitter and Slack, Discord, Facebook, the random communities that I'm on and seeing white friends of mine, nice people, intelligent people who were like it was a little much to see them just sort of add the bombing of an American city. That, that seems kind of unbelievable and then and like me and other black people were like that happened <laughs>
2: a long time ago the beginning of my academic life I was a history major mm-hmm. and I'm here to tell you I never heard of either the partition or the Tulsa bombing yeah and so, that's kind of know,
0: yeah and that's kind uh, of the amazing thing right like I yeah. I knew Tulsa was bombed I've known Tulsa was bombed since I was and, 10 and but and I've, heard yeah, I've heard about that stuff
2: I've heard yeah. about that stuff since but in official classes no and the same thing I mean I've and like I did I wasn't introduced to the idea of partition through the show, but Mm -hmm. if you'd asked me about it 15 years ago, I wouldn't have had a clue. And that's
0: kind of, and that's amazing, right?
1: A really good example. I think we we talked a little bit about this when we had our Black test episode of this idea Mm -hmm. of like things that aren't necessarily meant for you, right? And Mm -hmm. of this, a movie about queer Asian men isn't supposed to pass the Black test because it's about queer Asian men and they deserve to have one movie. movie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would give them three,
0: Monica. I think one (laughs) (laughs) they
1: they deserve 300 movies Mm -hmm. and they have to settle for fucking one but that's where we and so for me the thing about Ms. Marvel and Watchmen and the access point of comic books is because it can exist in this place of being something that is both not for you and also like it is accessible because it is a genre and format that I'm familiar with when it comes to superheroes Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that's the Place in which, like, I feel like, like, it's wonderful that so much learning is happening. It's fucking tragic, yeah. like, the yeah. percentage of the population that has to learn about partition mm-hmm. or Tulsa through like fictional mm-hmm. superhero narratives, because oh, I would yeah, rather that they learn it in school. Yes, yeah, but oh, sure, sure. I would rather it uh, part of your edu- <laughs> like part of your yeah. actual education. But at the same time, knowing how many people are tuning into things that they wouldn't normally otherwise be. Because of this access point, that Mm -hmm. I think that's part of why I loved Miss Marvel so much was the appreciation that I was watching something that was not meant for me and yet Mm -hmm. didn't pander to me as a white audience member, right? Mm -hmm. This was a show that was for another audience and didn't spend extra time trying to like bring me in as the white person who wasn't familiar with partition. There was Mm -hmm. just the expression of this idea of being a teenager is going to be universal enough and liking <sighs> superhero movies and having watched a superhero movie is going to be enough context and that's all you need mm-hmm. and everything else mm-hmm. is going to be this like unique celebration of this individual and this community and all of these things that I don't get to touch otherwise and I felt like for me that was why I was like we must have an episode. This is mm-hmm. my favorite thing that Marvel has put out because it it does feel different. It's sort of sat and thought about the ways in which Miss Marvel feels like Spider-Man to me because we're dealing with high school kids. We're dealing with the tease of like multiple Miss Marvels versus multiple Spider-Mans in, mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time like this really felt new and different and unique in ways that I have felt like other Marvel properties, especially other Marvel television properties, weren't mm-hmm. giving to me. <laughs> and that was the thing that I always wanted out of the opportunity to have more content and to have more Marvel things that I could choose to watch was that I wanted to be watching something new and different that I wasn't getting from all of the other franchise properties.
0: So Monica said something at the very beginning there that I think dovetails into all this. You said that the Marvel formula is accessible and I think it is. I think it very much Mm -hmm. is. Wayne, you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past. I see a lot of people complaining, well, the Marvel fatigue, people are getting sick of it. The no one's going to watch it. No one's talking about it. About these anymore. And I don't think that's true. I think that's true on film Twitter. I think it is a little bit true on heavy geek Twitter. And why I'm saying this is I think people are tired. They are fatigued. They're upset about something that I stated all the way back on. If you go to our infinity war ep- episode, and I think I said it again on our episode where we talk about in game where I said, Marvel's playing a trick on you, right? I said infinity war as much as I love that movie. And I did love Love that movie. It's not a movie. It doesn't right. fill the promises of film. <laughs> <laughs> like right. If, if I'm prequel, doing narrative, and then
1: go watch another movie. <laughs> yeah, move. yeah. If if yeah doing-
0: it's one long serialized movie. Yes, yeah. right. If I'm doing a narrative, if I teach, if I'm a teacher who teaches like composition classes, which I am, then <laughs> I will fail a student if a student leaves off the beginning of their story. A story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Infinity War has none of that. It has right. kind of a middle, kinda, but it's really very prequelish. And I loved Infinity War, but it is not a story. It is a character study of Thanos, which I found interesting. But one of the weirdest things about Infinity War is arguably the on paper protagonist is Captain America. And they never tell you his name in the whole damn movie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) he
0: (laughs) He shows up and you're and you're like you're being tricked into watching this comic. And I'm okay with it because I've been reading comic books for 48 years. So I know how to read comic books and I know how to do this. And I think a lot of people do. Right. Marvel has spent the last several years. Tricking people into paying money for comics. And so I think you, and people are like, well, I'm tired and I don't want to do this. And I, and how can I follow this entire story? You can't follow the entire story. It's impossible. I've been reading comics for 48 years. I can't follow the entire Marvel story. The only person Mm. that I know on (laughs) the planet who's (laughs) followed the entire Marvel story is Douglas Wolf, who we had on the show. And that was like literally, he was able to do it years of his
1: life to read (laughs) all of the Marvels. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Right. Yes. Like no one does this. You're not supposed to. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to find the parts of the formula that work for you and you're supposed to use the framework to engage in stuff that you are interested in and the reason I'm pointing this out is because as a comic book fan, ignoring films again, right? As a comic book fan I could give a fuck about The Eternals <laughs> I didn't yeah. like the book I also don't care for Deadpool, I hate the Deadpool book, I think it's unreadable there are a lot of comics that I don't like now it turns mm. out I actually like both of those films and and it can vary, right? Guardians might be good, it might be bad, like I I can dip in and out. I'm not enjoying Spider-Man the comic right now. I'm of Spider-Man fan and in theory, but I'm just not liking where the story's going right now. That's kind of how comics work and the movies have been building towards this point where you can do that and it's powerful because since it's an ongoing serial that I can jump into and out of and I get that people are trying to keep up with all of it and that was possible when there was like two movies a year, but now there is always a movie in theaters or a television show on the air. Like you're always have mm. Marvel that you can go and imbibe and that's just how my life's been for 40 years, right? That's how Wednesdays <laughs> have worked for me. That's so, how you and I met. Right. right. <laughs> so get used to it because that's the deal now. If you're going to be into Marvel it's like, well, but it's going to burn out and it's not working. I'm like, it isn't burning out. Like You feel <clears> that way because you're a film person you're or you're a geek person but be a numbers person and so I, I which I did, I went and checked these last couple of Marvel movies, like these last two mm-hmm. years with the exception of Black Widow, which was in the Height of the pandemic and was co released on Disney Plus. All the other ones, like they're doing great. They yeah. really are. Eternals, people are like, oh, no one liked Eternals. That's not true. No one liked Thor. No one liked. I hated Doctor Strange. I hated the Doctor Strange movie. I said it. I said so on, on the air. <laughs> it's the number two movie for the year. Okay. Marvel's doing fine right now. And, and yes, it's not doing as well as Endgame. Endgame was a singular generational event. Endgame made all the money in the world. It's a $2 billion movie. Nothing makes $2 billion. Avatar makes two billion dollars and that's it right like it's literally two films are two billion billion dollar movies everything else is making 400 million domestic and a billion worldwide thor has been out two weeks and they're like it's a failure thor's made a couple hundred million dollars domestic it's doing great marvel's super happy doc strange made 400 million like it's fine and the reason i point all this out is because the formula is working and because for regular people see three movies a year and it used to be that one of them is star wars now two of them are marvel and this means you can do interesting things. You can have a story about a a quirky Pakistani teenager where I didn't care about the superpowers because we'll get to it. Like one of the big complaints of comic people was they changed her powers. I didn't care about her powers. I would so much watch a high school drama where Kamala is just going around trying to decide between three boys and like being nerdy and, (laughs) and geeky and adorable and like just having little fantasies where she draws cartoon characters. I love literally love it's like oh yeah she has superpowers I forgot that was that's what I love that's what I loved about this show and then if every once in a while and now let's learn about her grandmother during partition I'm like that's interesting I want to see that and because I know the formula because people are like well all these stories are the same Thor is the same as every other story Ms. Marvel is the same origin story yeah I know it's the same story again I have if you go in my basement I have 40,000 comic books 30,000 are identical
1: right. the <laughs> like, Avengers pick the new Avengers lineup literally every year every six so months you, yeah. you start buying Avengers comics that's just right. the point
0: right and because of this I will learn about partition because I'm like yes this is interesting you've tricked me into paying attention to a history lesson it was a brilliant history lesson but you gave me superpowers and you gave me Aman Vellani is like the best actress ever she's so and adorable I love her. she's, she's yeah. so adorable. good but you gave me this adorable teenage girl as an actress and you gave me just enough superpowers to make me tune in and Then you made me watch a story about the history of India and Pakistan. That's what it was. And I'm like, awesome. Right. And yeah, it'd be great if it would be great if schools taught me that. But on the other hand, they don't comics. They don't. And also comics are why I understand how quantum physics work. Like literally because I because I learned like when I took science classes and I learned stuff about about quantum physics, I'm like, oh, read Richards. Yeah. okay. You read an excellent book and you're like,
1: (laughs) maybe I'm a little gay because nobody you told me how that worked, yeah.
0: And or, or there there or, or, is or genetics, like- both. <laughs> right? That's how I learned stuff like that. Yeah, don't. And I'm and fine with that. I love this show because it taught me because it made me enjoy a better version of world history. And I, I, I want to say too, it's not ago. just
1: that; it's that you get an entire series of it too. I remember <laughs> yeah. reading like the "What If Spider-Man Was Born in India," and it's okay, cool, but like a "What If" story isn't long-term character development. Right. that gives you the chance to actually talk about history mm-hmm. and how that history affects someone's identity and culture in like in a what if story. You need that over like multiple issues, over multiple episodes. And so to be able to have things that don't exist as like one-off representation, but as invested representation is really important.
0: In- I like that term, invested mm-hmm. representation. This.
4: Yeah, me too. <laughs> I actually felt like I had to add something to what Mob said. Marvel, I'm so sick and tired of hearing people say Marvel is over and it's not working. Like, for the full disclaimer, I did not like Eternals. I hated Eternals, but I'm not giving up on it because I'm definitely going to see the sequel anyways.
0: Be a sequel, but okay. <laughs>
4: yeah, if there is. I mean, Harry yeah. Styles, come on. That would have been so cool if
0: we could have seen him as the brother. Well, anyways. Okay, but, yeah. Well, but before you go into I mean, but that's my point though, right? Eternals mm-hmm. was a failure in in that it made four hundred million dollars at the worldwide box office, one hundred and sixty-four million dollars at the domestic box office during a pandemic. It was the number eleven film worldwide last year. It's, wow! That, it's fine, right? Like it, it made it. It made more money than Dune on a smaller budget. Wow! Oh my yeah, god! Oh, I see. Yeah, it's I didn't fine. Know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I get why. Now, did it make Spider-Man money? No. Spider-Man made almost two billion dollars, but Wait, the Battle at End
1: Endgame in the it's a you've been building
0: that for decades right yeah Yeah. well i'm just gonna give you top worldwide box office for 2021 spider-man 1.9 billion dollars and then we drop down a billion dollars to 900 million for battle at lake uh, shangren then High mom at 822 then no time to die 774 fast 9 726 detective chinatown 686 venom let there be carnage 506 godzilla versus kong 470 shang chi 432 sing 2 407 Eternals 402, Dune 401, Black Widow 379, Free Guy 331. See, it's not like we're not in bad company. It's just mm-hmm. that not every movie can make $2 billion. Not making $2 billion is not a failure unless you spend, if you spend $400 million on your movie, sure. But on a budget yeah. of 120, $400 million fine. They're really happy. It was convoluted and it was critically panned. So <laughs> Hannah, our co host, will. It had that, it. that indie feel. It just, mm-hmm.
4: it had- had that indie feel and it was a super horror,
0: a superhero film and mm-hmm. yeah. It's not sure You're allowed to not like it. You, oh yeah, yeah. The, the honest trailer for it's good. But yeah, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt your point because like your entire point there though, I think, is mm-hmm. you don't have to like all of them. You you didn't like it as much. It's fine. No,
4: and I mean Spider Man actually I think was like number four on the all time box office list. That's what I that's what I mm-hmm. learned. That's what I said earlier on. But it was it was in the all time like box office list and it ranked at number four. So so Marvel isn't done. Like every X Men film is was like that's a twenty year franchise. And not every one of them was good and we didn't like like them, but they were still making really good money at the box office, right? Mm-hmm. So well, here, yeah,
0: until the last couple, yeah. Most of them were yeah, yeah. 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 but I mean I will admit when one of them's in trouble, I mean I am not so much of a Marvel fan. I mean, again, I hated Doc Strange. I thought this is just not for me. But even that was like it wasn't awful. And people were like some people who hated it who weren't me. This is the worst movie ever. And I'm like Morbius is <laughs> in theaters now, people. What yeah. yeah. are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> like this. It was like when everybody was like, the Iron Fist. Iron Fist is the worst superhero show ever on television. And I was like, Inhumans was on television three months ago. And I grew up watching Auto Man.
4: So like, have some perspective here. So I have a question. What do you guys think about like her powers, Ms. Marvel's powers? Because you quite a few fans have been so heavily invested in this show. Like I've been mm-hmm. on Twitter and I've been seeing people talk about how it was confusing. In the ending, like before, like we thought she was a djinn, which a lot of Muslim fans on Twitter just found insulting because it was orientalizing her, not because of any religious stuff, as more as much as well. I mean, yeah, definitely, too, there would be other Muslims who would find it taboo, but more that it orientalized her. Mm -hmm. But then in the ending, it was just like, okay, it's not that it's something it's your genes, it's something different. And so I personally feel like that because X-Men is no longer being made anymore, right? And so they now need to have mutants, I think, absorb into MCU lore. And so I'm guessing she like they're running far away from her being an inhuman as much as possible, which I never was. And I mean, this will make me sound awful as a Miss Marvel fan and scholar as well as a comic scholar, but I never was completely sold on in that inhuman category anyways. I was just like, it just seems like it's another type of mutant. So what do you think about her origins? Okay,
0: so I've also been following this, and I have, I have mixed thoughts. First of, there's two issues. There's the fact that they changed her powers, and there's the fact that they changed her origin, right? And yeah. I'll, I'll deal with the powers first. I understand, I was talking with, with Andrew Deman, my host on the other show on Gosh Golly Wow, and he understands why they did it, but in his feeling, he thinks it's a shame that they changed the power set to energy powers from her stretchy powers, her shape-shifting, because he sees, and he's got a point, he sees her comic book powers as a metaphor four for the way your body changes during puberty. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and
4: I, I said and I, that yeah. I,
0: and I absolutely see that. I, yeah. I absolutely see that. that said, having done a limited amount of special effects work, but and design work and understanding film, yeah. frankly, there's never been good morphing on film ever, right? Like I'm yeah. like I'm worried Some about stretchy the, people, they're have to, yeah, stretchy people no. does not work. They're no. gonna have to figure they're gonna figure it out for Mr. Fantastic. They have to figure Again, it out. Because we've it tried
1: work. it a few times with our Fantastic yeah. Four movies.
0: Yeah. Ugh. It's not a good special effect. And they wanted to avoid that as long as they could. And I don't blame them for it. Now, can you fix it? If anybody can throw money at this problem and make the problem go away, Disney is that company because they've got all the money in the world. But they're not going to throw all the money in the world at a six episode television show. They'll do it right. at one movie. They'll do it at one movie and then maybe a sequel movie. They'll do that. Right. And yeah. also frankly, there's other problems right now in Hollywood with the special effects budgets, special effects union and special effects teams in Hollywood are being seriously overworked and seriously underpaid right now. So really, light powers are fine. Like, I I just, I understand why people want the thing because they want the goofiness of comic books. It's a different world. Like, comics are just different. Adaptations are are different than the originals. We've done lots of shows on adaptation theory and you just have to deal with that. Now, as far as her being a mutant rather than being an inhuman, get over it. And here's why. I understand. She never was supposed to be an inhuman. Do you know why Ms. Marvel was an inhuman in the comics? there's no deep reason that she's an inhuman in the comics. She's an inhuman in the comics because Ike Perlmutter really wanted the inhumans to to happen because Ike Perlmutter hated that the X-Men franchise was with Fox. And I'm I'm saying Ike specifically because it's literally one guy, one person hated that the X-Men franchise wasn't under his control. So he didn't want to have mutants be popular anymore. So he retroactively pushed from Marvel television towards Marvel, um, the comic book company and, got the comic book company to not introduce more mutants. So they introduced her as an inhuman because they didn't want to take any chances that if they ever made a movie or TV show of her someday, that the film rights would be in the wrong place. That's why she's an inhuman. No other (laughs) reason. Otherwise, she would have been a mutant. Uh, Frankly, her origin story as written is basically a mutant origin story. Probably made more Uh, sense this way.
2: (laughs) They were doing the big crossover at the time with the Terrigen Mist and all these other But that only happened. But that only happened
0: from Editorial mandate. I, right. I oh, yeah, was exactly. trying, to. yeah, and it was stupid. And if you're a big fan of it, fine, I guess. But you know what? A lot of comics is stupid. I know I've been reading them for 40 something years, right? Like, yeah. they're just like a lot of it is just stupid. It was stupid. It doesn't matter. They got the immune thing out of the way, and it was a surprise because, as you expected, it happened in WandaVision. Haha, sucker. It happened in Ms. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that was neat. It was fine. I'm interested to see where it goes. But, like, I don't think I just can't <laughs> believe anybody's really, if you're really torn up about it, like, you really have that much loyalty to to just the concept of being an inhuman go out make friends get laid i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it can't be that important
4: yeah i don't know i mean personally like i think that the audiences are as an audience scholar they're familiar with what mutants are mutants are a great allegory for marginalized folks so she fits very Mm -hmm. well as a mutant personally i get where andrew's coming from i've said that a lot in my work that her all of her powers is actually allegorical or symbolic of puberty. It's always related to puberty as well, too. Mm-hmm. But like even when she's harmed, like when she was shot in the first volume, she actually remembers she took a while to heal. Right. And she mm-hmm. needed a lot and she needed to sleep a lot. And it just it just really actually looked like with teenagers, like all the mood swings that they hormonal mm-hmm. changes that they go through. It almost felt like she was in a depressive state when in order for her to heal and mend herself back to feeling okay. So there was, I feel like it was related to the kind of moods and the angst that teenagers go through, all of those things. And we had to actually see if that's what happened, how that would take in the movies. And if we, hopefully, I really want to see a season two of Ms. Marvel. There will
0: be. I think another thing though, like she's also, the character is not going through puberty. The character is 16 and valani is 19. she has got to make movies like I, mm-hmm. Like in in comics, you can keep the character. You can keep Kamala fifteen in comics forever. Or, yeah, right? eight, you can do it as long as you yeah <laughs> as long as you want. But like amand who I want to play this character forever because again she's so yeah. good. I, you're not going to be doing puberty metaphors with her when she's oh, yeah. twenty two, and yeah. that's like in three years. <laughs> it's not like that's going to be her second <laughs> yeah. movie. She's going to be clearly an adult. So
4: yeah, I mean she's she looks really young. She has that kind of adorable way about her. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I literally truly laughed when Red Dagger attacked her and he's you're American I know you're a foreigner and she just goes well how do you know I'm not Canadian and like Iman villani Canadian I grew up like in, in not too far from where I live like she lives yeah. in another city so like I live in the greater Toronto area and she lives she grew up here too so I just joked and laughed about that because I was just like yeah I feel like they did that on purpose
1: I also feel like some of her looking young too I do want to give credit to the costuming department This was one in which I am going to own my bias. Usually, (laughs) I hate costumes in Marvel movies. It's usually why most of my research ends up sticking with civilian fashion in the comics. The films always seem to me like they're going to have all of the opportunities in the world because it's significantly cheaper, and we've talked about this before, to dress actors in real people clothes than in superhero Mm -hmm. clothes because they have to change clothes more frequently, especially on a show like Miss Marvel, where we're spending a lot of time like at high school or in her home with her family and doing a lot of character-driven stuff where it just Mm -hmm. literally doesn't make sense to have her sitting around in a superhero costume all the time. And it is like being- And
0: you can just go to the mall. Yeah,
1: it is like being (laughs) given a blank check, but not a blank check because it's cheaper than the blank check that you would get for superhero costumes. But you get my drift of a blank check Mm -hmm. of characterization to be able to say new things about her based on what she is wearing in terms of- of mall clothes, everyday clothes. And I really compare this to something like Doctor Strange with America Chavez, where her jean jacket is meant to look hand-painted and customized, and it doesn't. It looks like it has been printed, that it is ready to be turned into a Her Universe jacket that you can buy for $69.99 <laughs> at Hot Topic. And I did not feel that way for one second when I watched this Marvel. It felt what so did, what refreshing. Even... Like the little moments where she has a little star embroidered on her jeans because it's just such a small moment and it's not the whole jacket and it's these little details that feel so much more natural about her as a super fan and also the way that all of her clothes fit just as a, the way that younger kids are dressing and it really I felt helped to age her down to fit mm-hmm. the character of Kamala better like everything about it for me was just an absolute home run that I don't think I've ever been able to say that about a marble. Well, oh,
4: I, I want to know what you think about her South Asian clothes. That's what I wanted. I like because that was the first thing I was thinking. At the wedding? That's Yeah, like what, what Monica, like her at the wedding, like what she's wearing, like at even the Mahendi as well, too. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to know what Monica thought about that. And Nakia's outfits, too. Mm-hmm.
1: I loved Nakia's outfits. I oh, felt so, like that's another one where you like there's just this like this idea that like Muslim women don't have an interest in fashion when like media representation that is just such complete bullshit. And so to see like a young girl who is dressed in a way that
0: like $300 shoes because she can. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Even just that she is she has patterns like her clothes Mm -hmm. fit really well. Like like there is this idea of she has a very beautiful distinct style with the way that she's putting Mm -hmm. things together. As someone who's not Muslim and it wouldn't be appropriate for me to wear like a headscarf and those outfits, there was still a part of me that was like, I would wear that because it was objectively cute. And it made me just so excited to actually see like that level of representation that I felt is so important too. That I would say that I, because I have less familiarity with traditional dress that I feel less comfortable comfortable commenting on the clothes that were worn during her time in Pakistan with her family or mm-hmm. during the scenes at the wedding. But For me, mm-hmm. seeing someone like Nakia dressed up in her everyday school clothes, like next to Kamala, mm-hmm. just it felt like those girls would be friends. It felt realistic. It felt fresh. It felt fun in ways that I just mm-hmm. haven't seen quite adapted. It felt realistic as to the way that girls would actually dress. And I just absolutely loved
0: it. So for me, there was a very real character thing with the clothes right there because yeah. Nakia is specifically more stylish, more fashionable, and more mentally self-assured than Kamala is. Uh, and it, it really shines through with the clothing, right? Her clothes fit better. She is just, I don't know, if it weren't for the fact that one of them is a superhero, Nakia would be the popular one at school, right? Like, Kamala is the sidekick, if anything else, up until up she until is- that moment. And that's kind of okay. I don't mean that in a negative way. Like Kamala is like a nerdy, dweeby weirdo, which is what makes her adorable. She shouldn't know what expensive shoes are. She's a comic book nerd. That's not her thing, right? And and Nakia's thing is that I read Vogue and Cosmo. I just also wear a hijab, right? She is very much not the stereotype, which is what makes her interesting. If anything, she's the stereotype of kind of a high school student overachiever. That's what she is, right? And where she really works with me. And I think probably next season we will get more. But I almost wish we'd gotten more this season, except that it wouldn't have worked. I love every time you get to see Nakia and to a lesser extent extent, Kamala. But every time you get to see Nakia with Zoe, because it absolutely works because the show presents Zoe like she's a bully. She's not. Mm -hmm. Zoe is just a little more popular. She doesn't do anything negative to them in the entire show. Not once. I went back and checked. Right. Yeah. She, they're like, she's not even a superhero fan, except she clearly is. They're making assumptions about her because she's white and pretty and has Instagram. She, she fits the TV stereotype of bitchy white girl at high school. Right. But but everything about her, because I noticed when it first happened and they don't do anything with it for a while, she clearly knows who saved her from mm-hmm. the very first time. It's no, not, that's not a reveal in the last episode. When Kamala like saves her at Avengers Con, she looks at her and she's holy shit, Kamala has superpowers. Well, that I'll just be keeping this to myself because I'm respectful. And I thought that was great. And I love that they're like, well, why are you here? And she's like, I'm here to help. Duh. Uh, and, 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 and then I, so I love that about her. And I love because another little detail, Monica, you were talking about the the costumes. These, other than the fact that costume doesn't exist in the Marvel universe that they live in, Zoe's Captain Marvel costume is better. Like it is better put together. She had more money probably and had it tailored in a way that like, wasn't like Kamala's costume is one that like a couple of kids put together out of spare parts. And I love that when she imagines it better than it actually is, which is great. Zoe had a tailored cosplay costume and it was fine because it shows that Zoe actually has a life outside of being Nakia and, and Kamala's me- nemesis that she is unaware of. <laughs> so when it really works is when you get to that last episode and then they're just friends and Nakia's, like, holy shit, I actually kind of like this girl. That's fine. Right. Like, that, And that makes that work and that becomes a thing in the comics too but it's a much slower burn I'm glad right. they I'm glad they got to it in this one season fast-
4: fast the time. yeah I think Nakia like hearing these comments like Nakia actually represents a typical hijabi that I know they're way more fashionable than me like they're much more fashionable they tend to take pay more <laughs> attention but, but the stereotype of them in I think western film is that they're not like at all fashionable and well the stereotype of them is that they're usually oppressed anyways. So I'm actually really happy to hear all of these comments and if we were talking a bit about the fashion, I felt certainly her grandmother who is Pakistani, the way she draped her pashminas was, from what I've seen, what a lot, how a lot of Pakistani women have a tendency to drape their pashminas anyways. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, but I had a conversation talking about like their friendship more and how these friendships actually come together as well too. And it's funny because Nakia and Zoe become really good friends in the comments. So, mm-hmm. I probably see this by season two. So, and it's funny too, because I mean, Zoe was kind of sort of represented as a mean girl in the beginning in the comics and a little bit in the TV series, not a lot, more like a self absorbed type. And she's
0: 15 too. Mm-hmm. So, that's just for 16. Let's just, I, I know a lot of 16 year olds who are kind of self absorbed. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. No, well, she had that YouTube channel that, or Instagram or whatever, and it was like a million followers or something but so she did come off as a bit vain but the thing what I liked is in the ending seeing her and Nakia do their FaceTime or what whatever it was that they were they're live streaming and Zoe actually called herself an ally and was like I'm giving you the platform and I just I thought that was really sweet actually huh.
1: though. I, I think I just want to bring up how in the first episode Kamala really presents as this idea of being imaginative and being in a fantasy and I mm-hmm. think that it's It's so nice how that sort of continued through thematically in this really positive way. Like in in the idea that like this story doesn't have to have a mean girl and that all of these girls could be someone that you want to be friends with, whose style you could look up to. All of the boys are so incredibly dateable. I just, I love this idea that this isn't just Kamala's fantasy as a 16 year old. This is pretty universal Conversely, like every 16 year old girl, if we're subscribing by like very traditional ideas of femininity, that would also be their fantasy as well. And I think that it was really nice. That's leaned into in this particularly positive light in which, you know, mm-hmm. it could be so easy to create a fantasy in which the thing that you do is finally tell the bitchy girl off. It, it's mm-hmm. also equally nice to not ever have there be a bitchy girl at all. You're right. Like,
2: that's a better option. Yeah. Well, I, that thing with the her imagination, I just, the filmmaking of it just throughout how they utilize imagery on the walls and you know, like animations oh. and all that stuff. I thought that was just beautiful and so well thought out and just summoned up the ideas from the comics really well for me. Right. I just wanted to bring that up just as an appreciation kind of thing. I thought just as a storytelling thing, just that mix was just mm-hmm. really well done.
0: Can we talk a little bit? Monica touched on it very briefly that, you know, all the boys are very dateable and there is. Is kind of a I mean there's a love square because there's four of them and okay so spoilers that we don't know is going to happen and I've found a lot of people who are like oh well she clearly isn't into Bruno well in the comic she kind of actually is Yeah, not immediately and I'm okay with it taking a while I'm okay with all of it taking a while because she is a 15 year old girl and a particularly dweeby one at that and I don't mean that negatively because that's what makes her endearing right what's cool about her is that that she is so incredibly awkward, right? Like everything, all of her problems in high school are really just because she's so awkward. And she doesn't necessarily even get at first that there are boys who like her. Right. Uh, I don't know that Comron actually is dateable. I think Comron <laughs> is really, really, really hot and a bad boy. And whenever they finally get to kiss, because there were a couple of near kisses, she's going to be like, oh, we have no chemistry whatsoever. Because <laughs> He's kind of a dick. Red
4: Dagger was her first kiss. And in, in the comics, yeah, in the comics, in the comics, he's her first kiss, and so I was actually really dis- disclaimer. I love Red Dagger. I love Red Dagger in the comics, so I was really excited mm-hmm. to see him Annie, on in the TV series. But I was kind of mm-hmm. disappointed that they didn't ha- that they didn't have a kiss, Instead, it was going to be a near kiss between Cameron and, and Kamala.
0: How do we feel if she kisses all three of them next season? Yes, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I,
1: could, I could here's me- the thing: if I, the Bachelor can bang all three. Female cyclists last season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all of the dateable boys, happened. because this is a 15 yeah. year old yep. girl's fantasy, in which that should happen. Yeah, yeah she's.
0: I mean, I'm okay. We've talked about this before too. I'd be okay if she I, kissed Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm okay with there being a story where high school relationships are about figuring your sexuality out and figuring out what you want in romance, mm-hmm. rather than high school relationships being about finding your forever one, right? Which is, there's a weirdness for, I mean, I actually, I have friends. I know people in real life who married their high school sweetheart. Yeah, it's fine. My cousin, she's my age, and her boyfriend got married. Oh, geez. I mean, six months after we graduated. I mean, if that, probably less. Like my cousin married her boyfriend right after school and they've been happy for 30 years or whatever. It's fine. That's a thing that happens to people. But most of us, that, that doesn't happen to for most people you kind of date several people in high school and you figure things out and it goes through college and into your thirties, forties, fifties and sixties sometimes, right? <laughs> it takes a while for some people and that needs to be okay. And I like that. I don't want to rule Bruno out. I like that. She has complicated feelings for multiple boys. I don't think that she doesn't have feelings for Bruno. I think she takes him for granted because he's the easy one and that's okay because she's 15 or 16 and and trying to figure things out right it's okay that comron is the hot one because he kind of was he was like well, the, I thought red
4: he, dagger is hotter but yeah
0: <laughs> he's sort well red dagger i think is uh, so i think comron shows up and he is clearly the jock stereotype he's the hot boy at school red dagger is the broody guy who's kind of dangerous right he's right. like he's the luke perry to the jason priestley is, is where he's at right i get what's going Going on, but I like that there are options. I I said off air before we went on that even Bruno is the nerd, or Bruno and Kamala both are nerds, but only in a CW kind of way. Like real high school, he would absolutely be the hottest kid in school. (laughs)
4: So yeah, be good looking too. But yeah, oh, I've seen
0: his Instagram, and I think like I I think he's nerding himself up for Ms. Marvel as as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But he's clearly the actor is in the kind of shape that like he didn't know he was going to get this gig, and he is in the kind of shape that if the CW had called him to be on Riverdale, he would have been ready. (laughs) He was.
4: I'm still, I'm team Bruno because he's there for her and he's been a good friend to her all along and he understands her and he knows her best. But I think it'll take a while before she gets to Bruno. And that's fine. Do that. That's (laughs) fine. In high school. So, yeah, I think that'll just be it. But Cameron Tracer in the comics, that's a big spoiler as well, too, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel like she'll go through that (sighs) bad boy phase and he'll burn are pretty bad but but yeah I mean and it's kind of interesting I really thought that in the ending she'd be fighting Cameron but I feel like she I actually like how Bisha did it and I'm also too at the same time not surprised because I was half expecting that she would be fighting the department of damage control I do that they actually came up with that plot twist for many reasons but but I feel like next season we might see Cameron actually break bad because we kind of saw like hallmarks of it we already started to see like a foreshadowing where he was attacking others as well too and even uh, Bruno and Nakia and uh, Amir actually also too nearly were nearly killed as well too because we saw what his powers were doing and it was actually remember it, all, it almost attacked them as well too mm-hmm. so it's obvious that there's that dark side to him and I mean he based on who he was raised by and who he was raised amongst we could expect that so it'll be interesting to see where this all goes actually what do you guys
0: think? I can't wait for more. I yeah. enjoyed this a lot. And the thing is, I've actually liked all the Disney Plus series. The one that I was most looking forward to just because he was one of my childhood favorites was Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that was like my least favorite of the shows. I loved like, that. I, I My my problems with it were pacing, not the characters. I actually liked the characters a lot. I had thought and, and I think a lot of that was pandemic problems, but like I thought the episodes were horribly unbalanced. And we did a show on it, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I- but I love this. I adored this and and, and I wasn't kidding I would absolutely I don't care about the superhero ness of this I would just totally watch a show where they're just hanging out in high school together if you can somehow get dagger to America to make that happen oh,
4: well, yeah he in the comics <laughs> he actually comes to America right as a, right so well, but I, yeah awesome. and that'd
0: be fine just really enjoyed this I can't wait for more the teaser at the end obviously yeah. we knew she was going to be in the marvels but like this kind of sets her up to be in an even bigger point of it which do is you, interesting. Do you
4: think that she shapeshifted into Captain Marvel? Nah, like- no, she teleported. Uh,
2: well, no, it was, I mean, that was a callback the thing with the bracelet that ties into Mar- right. Marvel exchanging places with Rick Jones in the next I understand space. why people think
0: it, but the way yeah. the special effect works, if you're coming to this from having read Introduction to the Kamala Ms. Mizmur from 2014, I see, uh, where she does temporarily shapeshift into Carol, it really yeah. does feel like that. Mm -hmm. But I never for a second thought that she is absolutely negaban transferring with Carol Danvers. Yeah, it's a it's an older plot line and I see why she's doing it. And the reason that I'm positive of it is not just because the outfit changes and everything, but specifically because when she does it, she's not confused by how she looks. She's confused by the pictures of herself on the wall. So that's Carol Danvers saying, why the fuck am I in this bedroom? Carol Danvers looked around the room and she saw a bunch of pictures for some 14 year Old boy who's been masturbating to her, <laughs> and she's freaked out. That's, <laughs> where, she, that's where she's. That's i at.
1: Even further, mm-hmm. and I would say mm-hmm. that for me, the big tipping point as this long-standing X-Men fan was the fact that we had the hint of mutation at the very mm-hmm. end of the episode, yeah, and then we had the cutscene. And my original introduction to Carol Danvers was during the time in which she and Rogue have their consciousnesses trapped inside the same oh, body. Yeah. My greatest Hope is that our introduction to the X Men is just that. It's just the mm. movie where I finally get Rogue and Carol Danvers sharing the same body. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you're ways off from that. I think so. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to yeah. wait yeah. like yeah.
1: four more Disney Plus series for that to happen. Yeah.
0: I, th- no, I, th- I think it's, a, I think it's, I think some homage to the Nega Bands is happening because I don't think we're going to go, I think the only Marvel we're getting is, is Annette Bening and that was it and yeah. we're done.
2: Yeah, no, um, and I agree, but yeah, I think it, it's definitely an homage to that. So,
4: What do you think that the Marvel's film will be that?
0: I don't know because we've specifically brought in three characters who don't have a lot to do with each other right like in the comics Kamala is a fan of Carol but Mm -hmm. that's it they're not really partners they've met but she's not a sidekick in the same way as other sidekicky she's not Robin right like she's not Mm -hmm. it's that's not what's going on and the Monica Rambo Captain Marvel Botan whatever she's calling herself this week Monica is very much her own character who has never had had no
2: connection to the rest of those characters other than the name, which was for trademark purposes at the time, right? And it's a the character they, I they liked view, it a lot, but
0: right. They've become friends since then yeah. in the comics. But if it were me writing this movie, and it's not because it's not going to be what I want, they're taking these three iterations of the Ms. Marvel slash Captain Marvel character, and they're putting them together in a movie. And if it were me, I would toss in Marvel's two kids and just like <laughs> surprise the, the hell out of everybody. I'd put in Phyla and Genesis. So Marvel has a son and a daughter, both of whom have also called themselves Captain Marvel. Yep. Um, and I, I would just surprise everybody and just have five Captain Marvels in it and just be like, hey, this movie's packed. But I don't see that happening. So I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know what this is going to be. It's yeah. going to be weird. I'm looking forward to it, especially now. So I like Brie Larson a lot and I like her I version. Br- yeah, I like her as an actress a lot and I like her version of Captain Marvel a lot, which is odd because I see Brie's portrayal of it as very different than any Captain Captain Marvel that I've ever seen in the comics. She is not the old world Carol Danvers, who I like. She is not the current Carol Danvers that, that people are very enamored of. She's a unique thing, and I'm okay with that.
1: See, for um, me, she is the Carol Danvers on. that lives inside Rogue.
0: See, uh, yeah, see, I don't see, I don't no, see that at all, because I see them as very... Oh, yeah. It's a d- whole different story, but a uh, whole different show. But yeah, I see the Carol Danvers that lives inside Rogue is the bitter Carol from Avengers of that era is that fair, Wayne? Would you say that too? Like, yeah, is she is the Carol Danvers that bl- that lives in Rogue? Is the Carol that was abandoned by, by the, the Avengers? Avengers. To go and be repeatedly raped by a mortise. like that's yeah. the, which is a dark story.
1: But she's also also the one that like mm-hmm. exists during like X Men Ladies Night. Like she, she, yes. like she is the one that comes out like during the Outback era. She's the one that shows up and takes over Rogue's like Rogue's yes. consciousness when Rogue mm-hmm. is raped during the Genosha storyline. You think mm-hmm. that's free? I think that's free. Mm-hmm. because oh, okay. I feel like when I look at the Genosha storyline in particular, it's one in which she like the first thing that. she does is like change into a badass outfit like she is Mm -hmm. and she is i wouldn't call it so much bitter but like she has an attitude that is much more self assured and has a very i'm gonna kick ass and get shit done type of attitude and 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 it's something that i also see that comes out like in the ladies night storyline too which is one that's
0: that's, really meant to
1: be like mm -hmm. this cute that's
2: very much that's claremont trying to redeem that character yeah fond of after all that horrible stuff with to her, and, and a- I and Claremont that's the of the character
1: Danvers, that I like best. Mm. Claremont mm. Danvers for me is very close to Brie Larson D- Danvers because they uh. have that same sort of like um, business, but in this, in, I feel like, like- in, in an empowered way to me, like in mm. a way that I feel like no other iteration of the Carol Danvers character mm. really has across publication history. So it, that's my argument. Mm.
4: Okay, I was gonna say, I do think that the Brie Larson version of Carol Danvers does seem to have a Hand, uh, post-traumatic stress, some kind of PTSD there. So I'm not li- like right now. If it's anything, I'm doing much more work on Carol Danvers. My work was more on Ms. Marvel. I'm actually really mm-hmm. excited to read some of these things that you guys are referencing as well too. I'm doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, some of them are some of them are bad. So yeah, The rape storyline is not just because the rape storyline is not only bad because it's rape. It's also just awful. Like it's just yeah, a it's absolutely bad
1: story. horrific in which everyone can. Congratulates her on becoming pregnant after knowing that she Man. has been raped. Like it is not a yeah. story that I would necessarily
4: recommend <laughs> yeah. that anyone it's, read
1: ever. Um yeah, poorly yeah. written. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, I w- wouldn't want that. I want that either. But it seems as though Monica, I wouldn't want to read that. Sorry, but because obviously I have a huge problem. It's misogyny in comics. But when Monica is referencing somebody who it's not, did she think is not bitter, but it seems as though she's referencing a representation that seems to have some post-traumatic stress. But kind of obviously fights her way through it and is like a warrior and is like determined to like, like a no-nonsense type who's determined to like recover from it. But there's definitely that trauma there. So and it's interesting because Brie Larson, one of the reasons, I, so I'll tell you the reason why I love Brie Larson in addition to her being such a really good actress. He actually, she's actually a huge, passionate advocate for sexual assault survivors. Mm-hmm. Acted in that, that movie, Room,
0: Brilliant film. Brilliant oh, film. Oh,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was just mm-hmm. brilliant. And she was a sexual assault survivor there. And she won her Academy Award over that. And what was really <laughs> interesting is that Academy Awards had had like a dance with these like a whole team of sexual assault survivors. And when they were leaving the stage, she was lined up at the end of like by the staircase and she hugged like all of them and there were like 20 of them. And it was just she's just a very passionate advocate for women's rights. So she even got her press junket to change from. It was like mostly all white men. And so she allowed like she was insisting on having women of color. She's very got a more activist spirit. And she's also a really great actress but she looks like she can play traumatized characters very well. Mm-hmm. So and like in the Captain Marvel movie, she's upset at all the years she lost when the Kree had basically kidnapped her. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This conversation made me realize I need to go back and watch Captain Marvel <laughs> again. So yeah.
0: yeah. So, we're, so we're resolved nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't, I mean, what we resolved is that what we resolved to think it's is it's we all love the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, and it's weird because I've seen that was the other thing. I've seen people complaining that didn't get the press, it didn't get the buzz. I'm like, yeah, Disney made a mistake in that they released at the same time as they released Obi-Wan and Uh. they just didn't have the bandwidth if you're going to do a streaming show. I think if they'd moved one of them to Thursday nights instead of Wednesday nights, I think that would have been that would have helped. I also think that Disney is doing the wrong thing and that they are insistent on releasing things at midnight on the West Coast. No one cares. Just Mm -hmm. Everyone in California will be perfectly happy to watch the show at 9pm. Release it in time for Eastern or release it at 6 p.m. What is this whole midnight thing? It's just it's a bad idea, but whatever. I so I don't know. I am very much looking forward to it. I think I think its numbers have been. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Nielsen ratings on the finals when it comes in a month. I think it's actually doing really well Mm -hmm. in as far as any of these streaming shows do. Right. Like people are talking about it like it's a failure, but shy of Squid Games and Stranger Things, most shows don't get that much push. Right. More people are watching this than are watching the Bad Batch or, or all of Disney's streaming content that isn't Marvel or Star Wars. They I, do I, make other things.
4: I have a couple of things to add to that. And I feel like, I mean, a lot of people like obviously Comic Skates types wanted Ms. Marvel to fail. There was there. So this argument that, oh, OK, it was doing poorly. We only got like when I went and I Googled it, we only got the stats on the first episode, which was 775,000 viewers but mm-hmm. remember that this is entirely new there are no it's not a star-studded cast the reason why Moon Knight did well was oscar isaac's in Moon it Night, Moon yeah. Night didn't do
0: much better they got the, the, the Moon Knight got like a million so that's what i'm saying the numbers are not actually bad it's just yeah,
4: i'm really yeah. curious but yeah. i think the finale probably did well it also too did i it's the press was actually pretty fairly good look the rotten tomatoes ratings for the press it Dude, was like percent so well. yeah and mm-hmm. like positive so Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully... It's
0: doing really well. It's going to have a season two, almost 100. I mean, they have not announced it. And I don't think they will until after we... Well, we'll see. One of the things where people were like, why didn't they just wait till Obi-Wan's done? I'm fairly certain they didn't wait till Obi-Wan was done because they needed this to be done before San Diego Comic-Con. I think that was their out. I think that San Diego Comic-Con is coming up next week. <laughs> and <laughs> and they knew they were going back to Hall H. They're, they knew knew they were going to announce things they probably want to talk about the Marvels which means they're going to want to talk about E. Larson they probably are going to want to mention something X-Men related, which means like, so I'm thinking they just had to, they had to have it done by now. They also have like
1: less than a month until She-Hulk. And I think that's where they're pushing the next. So I think she needs all the help again.
0: Yeah. And see, there you go. Like I'm oh God, I'm, I so, I so hope they're, okay, this is going to be non-Ms. Marvel related before we close the show out. I just want to I am a big She-Hulk fan and I am not here to earn Argue bulky She Hawk versus sexy She Hawk. That's not my issue. And I saw Marvel is sort of doubling down a little bit. People are not liking this because they just, they're only used to the monstrous looking characters. They don't know a feminine looking (laughs) character. No, I don't like it because it looks bad. I'm telling you, the CGI looks bad and you're setting yourself up for failure. Delay it. If you need more render time, delay it. Pay your VFX artists and fix the show because I so want this to be good. I don't want this to be bad. It looks bad because there are scenes where she doesn't look like she's in the room. She looks like a PlayStation 2 graphic in 2022, and it looks bad. It looks unfinished, and I don't want people to shit over this. I just just watched a cut
2: scene from Ragnarok that was the Hulk chasing Thor through the streets of Sakaar, and it wasn't fully rendered, and I'm watching this clip thinking, this reminds me of the She-Hulk trailer.
0: Yeah, so that's what I want. Finish your special effects. Please, finish your special effects, because I really... Want to like She Hawk? There's so much that I'm looking forward to for the show. <laughs> so that's my own little rant, but that's a different show. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that in a couple months. Yeah. Thank you for joining us I for this. Yeah. this been, hey. yeah. Thanks, Sophia. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to promote?
4: Just follow me on Twitter at SappyBell30. I've retweeted so much on and written mm-hmm. so much on, on Ms. Marvel. So follow me on there. That's really, mm-hmm. and I wrote an article for the conversation on Ms. Marvel recently. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll link those as far as being an expert to be called on to talk about things so (laughs) (laughs) this seems to be your moment
4: yeah thank you yeah no i it's actually i don't know i've done a lot of press recently and it's been it's been quite surprising but i could send you those if you want and if you want to to do
0: those so Mm -hmm. thank you and monica marvel
1: on twitter that's going to be at monica marvelous but that's going to be L O U X, and on instagram that's going to be monica marvelous but l-o-u-s
2: and wait yeah i have the instagrams what Twenty. 12 2021 I always forget I, I post do. stuff on I don't pay that much attention and it. it's photos <laughs> cuz yeah. I've hands I've handled on so many different things yeah TETROC 2017 <laughs>
0: 12, or 21. Yep. <laughs> it's always linked in the show notes, but I just love that you don't know. That's, yeah. the, that's my favorite thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places, always at Chris Maverick. Follow the show, all the same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. I have no idea what that is, but we'll probably post the offer comments and say, and you can leave us a comment. Give, tell us what you think on this or other show. Tell us what you think about the ideas that we're posting in our calls for comments for future upcoming shows. Sometimes you might even be a guest. If you say something interesting, we might write you and say, hey, want to come on the show and talk about it? That's always fun. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review. If You leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple podcasts. And if you don't just leave a rating, but leave us a review, write a little something that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular really helps us out and I just like to read them. They're really fun. They make me feel good inside. you've that joy in my life. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought War Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank Sophia for joining us and we'll see you next time.
4: Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.